What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. It is myself and Greg Piatelli breaking down championship weekend, the Eagles hosting the Niners in the NFC Championship, and Burrow Mahomes in the AFC Championship. We also break down divisional rounds, the Cowboys' hilarious loss, the Eagles' decimation of the Giants, the Chiefs taking care of business against the Jags, and that Bills-Bengals game. But this one was a lot of fun to record. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you think in the comments. As always, though, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, the bullpen cart, wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy this weekend of football. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, the Fun V Tailgate, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Matty D is taking his nine-month-old son skiing in Park City, so we had to call on the prophet to provide some clarity to our Eagles' clouded judgment. Mr. Greg Piatelli, welcome back to the program. How are you? Jordy, I'm doing great, personally. We don't have to get into that. Uh, professional sports-wise and college sports-wise, everything's coming up Boston right now. Uh, the Red Sox have someone to play shortstop, finally. Made a trade. Um, and uh, <laughs> the Bruins are obviously the best team in the NHL, and the Celtics are uh, the best, if not the second-best team in the NBA. And, uh, you know, everything's everything's coming up aces. Uh, the Patriots finally have an offensive coordinator who actually has coached offense before. So that's that's that. big. That's a big news. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess the real question, why people are actually here, Jordy, is what team were you more happy to see lose, the Giants or the Cowboys? <laughs> uh, specifically lose? Not just specifically the, lose. Oh, the Cowboys. Specifically lose. That's easy. It's the Cowboys. Interesting. Interesting. See, I was more happy to see the Giants get absolutely blown out and curb stomped. But. Where do the Giants rank for you in terms of hated NFL teams? Are they are they up there with the Jets or are they higher than the Jets? I don't hate the Jets. The 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 there is no rivalry. I mean, it's like the Baltimore Orioles. You know what I mean? Like when you beat them every single game for the last you know, a thousand years. It's like, how can you really hate a team that you never lose against? Right. Uh, I don't necessarily hate the giants. You know, I think it's more of an Eli thing, right? Um, well, we, we avenged you, Greg, we avenged you. Actually, yeah, Peyton I'm a, Manning, I'm going to go Peyton Manning's son you know avenged what? you. Do you see that? You know, hang on. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say this. The, I'm so happy the Giants have been in the toilet for so long, and I'm happy they got <laughs> curb stomped by the Eagles. <laughs> but hey, it's a strong word. Um, yeah, let's, so tell me more about Peyton Manning's son. Yeah, Peyton, Peyton Manning's Manning. son, Eli's nephew, wore a Jalen Hurts jersey on the sideline in front of his uncle, two-time Super Bowl for the Giants champion Eli Manning. 
He wore it. Eli on the Manning cast when, you know, the Cowboys beat Tom Brady a couple weeks ago. Said, you know, I'm breaking my rule. I'm going to Philadelphia. I'm expecting to get a lot of double birds. There were a lot of great billboards all over 95. Yo, and and he he embraced it very well, but he was not expecting the call from to come from inside the house. His nephew, rooting for our yeah, guy Jalen Hurts. I don't, I don't get it, but still, good for him, good for that kid. Uh, holds strong. Some kids like to see the world burn and want to be contrarians. I uh, like this little kid's one of them. I mean, do did we ask the kid about his dad taking steroids or? <laughs> no, it was his wife. Remember. The, the Packers oh, addressed sorry. his wife. So maybe this kid came out of the womb with steroids already in him. I mean, they could, they might not be anabolic steroids. You know, we don't know. The, <laughs> we don't know the child's condition when he was born. Let's not put, let's not throw that kind of stuff out there. No, no. I was just curious if someone asked him about his dad's steroid juice, but yeah. I guess it was his mom. So yeah. I've ever talked about yeah. that. Of, yeah. uh, you might've heard this story before, but for the listeners, little inside Jordy history, I used to, I got bronchitis once as a kid and my pediatrician, prescribed me to some sort of, you know, white blood cell, long steroid type of thing to kill, you know, the mucus and all that. And I was like, steroids? And it's like the height of, you know, steroids are the worst nice. thing for baseball. And my doctor's like, oh, yeah, you're going to come out of here yoked. I was like, really? And he's like, nice. no, no, you're going to get, no, we're getting you better. It's like 12 years old. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're not going to have a whooping cough anymore. You're going to be. <laughs> you're, yeah. Every other word isn't going to be. <laughs> yeah, right. You sound like the Russians, just injecting yourself with white blood cells. The Russian gas, man. But, uh, yeah, no, go back to the um, Cowboys, no, so, though. Before okay, we jump so into the Cowboys or the Giants. Uh, the yeah, Cowboys, I've determined, and I've talked about it here a couple times, I really do hate the Mets. I really dislike the Braves. You know, the Penguins, Rangers, Devils. You know, the, the thing with those those two sports is that there's a split hatred. You know, the, the Braves won the World Series, and they've always been a thorn. As Stevie G, noted Giants and Mets fan, would say, always been a thorn in our side, right? Mets, Phillies, that's, you know, goes without saying. Then in hockey, it's just been three different teams that have been thorns in my side my entire life. Different hits, different players, different goals. Football, though, you know, the Giants, you know, they've won a couple Super Bowls here. The Cowboys won some Super Bowls, but in the 90s. It's like the Phillies 1993 NL Championship. I don't really consider that as part of the, the success of Philadelphia teams in my lifetime because I don't really remember it. The Cowboys, though, who you, who, who they you, walk who around. Like more? Who do you dislike more, the Cowboys or the or Lafayette? That's a good question. That's a really great question. <laughs> Man, uh, probably still the Cowboys. Mimi saves wow. Lafayette from being the most hated. Wow. You know, I love my sister. Right. I love my sister. So, so, but the Cowboys, so they Cow- walk around here. To- like, they call themselves America's team. All, a billion Cowboys alumni are on television everywhere. We them boys, all that crap. They haven't advanced to the NFC Championship game since 1996. They've gone 12 straight. There are 12 straight times they've gone to the playoffs in the doing the math. The the old Greg hand calculator. Um, 27 years, 12 times wow. they've made the playoffs. Not the made the NFC Championship once since then. They didn't win a playoff game until like 2018 since their last Super Bowl. And I hate the, you know, Penguins fans. Oh, you even won a cup since 1975. Thanks for keeping track of it, Pittsburgh. But still, the Flyers, we know what we're about. Philadelphia fans, we know what the Flyers are, especially in today's day and age. Same thing with the Eagles before they won the Super Bowl. We knew what they were about and all that. And you know what? That's fine. 
The Cowboys, though, act like their poop does not stink, and they walk around with all this crap. And the last two years, they have lost both times the 49ers, coincidentally, but in such hilarious ways. And I didn't think it was possible to top last year the Dak QB scramble slide. They didn't hand it off to the ref. They're trying to get it and all that crap. The terrible job of coaching and player crap to this year. They beat the Eagles on Christmas. They think they're, you know, all of a sudden going to backdoor their way into the one seed, even though the 49ers, we'll, we'll talk about them at the NFC Championship game, look great. So there was no way the 49ers were losing, but they still thought they could get the first seed. They're like, oh, we beat Tom Brady. Oh, <laughs> and then this game happens and they kept shooting themselves in the foot. Then they get a gift of Eli Mitchell not going out of bounds. They get the ball in the end zone. First, Dak almost takes the safety. That's the, in our, a good friend of mine who you know, Craig, Joe Martinez, who is a Giants fan, put it the best way. The Vince McMahon, like, excited all the way to, like, brain explosion excited. That was the first step of it. The second step is Dalton Schultz getting knocked backwards and not getting out of bounds because he was trying to gain more yardage so, so, for the Hail Mary. So real quick, real quick, real quick, for those who haven't kept track, you're describing the last sequence of plays here with the Cowboys uh, and how the game ended for them. Yes, and why it's incredible. Why? So, Dal- so, um, so, Dalton, so Schultz. Dalton Schultz doesn't know how to doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to get, get out of bounds. bounds. He gets knocked backwards, so the clock has to keep running. And then they spike the ball or whatever the hell they did. I honestly don't even remember because we get to the cherry on top of the gold laced icing in the gold cake that is Mike McCarthyism. They come up with the wackiest play I've ever seen. And they have Zeke Elliott snapping the ball, and he gets sent into the shadow realm. He gets barreled yeah, over. I feel I feel so bad because I really do like Zeke. And he is probably the number one running back in terms of pass blocking. Like, he, he picks up the blitz. He, he, he takes on Bosa. You know, he, he takes on the top linebackers. He's probably one of the best blocking running backs in the entire league. And he, like you said, just got at, like, he's a meme. He's a meme. He's a gif. He forever now is going to be remembered for this because they put a running back at center. They put their declared him ineligible out wide. declared him, declared him ineligible so that, yeah, they put the lineman out wide so that the whole idea was have a receiver catch it, maybe five, 10 yards down the field and then start the lateral process from sideline to sideline and hope that you catch someone sleeping. And Jordy, what happened after they hiked, after they snapped the ball? Well, they went for that eight-yard checkdown, and I'm not even sure if that was the play. There was a guy open on the right side, and Dak immediately threw left because I think he saw Zeke get barreled over, and then and he tackled the game over. Middle of the field, no no linemen around them. Why yeah. put why put five linemen out wide if you're going to throw the ball to the middle of the field to someone without a lineman? Exactly. Like you went for like the ultimate bubble screen. Of having not just some lanky wide receiver that you know only like half ass blocks in practice to have linemen out there. Guys who are three hundred pounds and can run a forty in like four seven. Maybe I'm being a little generous there for an NFL lineman, but still, they're a lot faster than you and I, and they weigh a lot more and are bowling balls of muscle. And you didn't do it. You didn't throw it into anybody that was protected. It was so dumb. It was a just a terrible play call, but it was so hilarious. And it was so funny to see them go down that way. You and I were texting throughout it. I flew home. 
We were in Chicago for the weekend. It was a great time. Shout out my cousins. If they're listening, they might be. I know Charlie and CJ. Shout out them. I know they listen. Um, but I, you know, I made the mistake of not eating before we flew out. Uh, and our flight got delayed and all that. And uh, I was super hungry. It was like close to 9 o'clock Eastern time. I hadn't eaten since like maybe 1 o'clock Eastern time. And I knew something special was happening. I needed to see this thing end. And I knew as soon as they showed the Dak career fourth quarter drives to tie or win a game that something was going to happen. And it was so much better than I could have expected. And it's just, it is one of my favorite weekends of the year. And it used to be because the Eagles hadn't won a Super Bowl. So it was like the only thing we really had was, all right, as long as the Cowboys don't win, it's fine. Not even with the Eagles having a Super Bowl, you know, it's still great. And I haven't lost that love and feeling of seeing the Giants lose or seeing the Cowboys lose and seeing the, the Eagles smacking around the Giants was awesome. But that was just so great of how hilarious it was. Yeah. So let's start with the, let's start with the Cowboys game here. I think it was a lot closer than you're making it out. To it was seem. a lot closer. Uh, I, but I the, think, I think if, if, so the Cowboys, if they don't miss that, they take the lead. If they don't miss that field goal, Sure. With, if they don't if they don't miss that field goal, it's a completely different game. The extra point, sorry, it's a completely different game because there was a point in the game where it was it was nine six. It would have been it would have been at halftime. It was nine six. It would have been right. It would have been ten nine. And then there's a point in the game where it was what was it seventeen to six? And it's like okay. And then like there's a point where all the Cowboys would have had to done do if the game was tied would be go down and kick a field goal. Well, and so what happened? Two things. But what it would have been? Happened 10, was, it would have been ten to seven. Or 9-7 49ers at halftime because the the Niners kicked the field goal at the end of, of the first half. Secondly, Dak threw a pick as soon as Tony Pollard got hurt. And I think that, you know, it was deer in the headlights moment where he, you know, the guy that had been reliable. As good as Zeke has been in the past, his usage rate has been more for pass oh, yeah. blocking. And they had to use him yeah, more that exactly. way to try to establish the run. And I think Zach, Dak exactly. thought he had to be Superman. Right. Right. And, 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 you know, when CD lamb was getting locked up like that against, you know, that, that 49ers defense and Dak really had little to no time to let the receivers get open just because of all the, uh, you know, all the, all the, uh, well, you know, CD how good lamb the D line run routes. Well, no, how good, <laughs> okay. How good the, how good the line is, by the way, CD lamb was, uh, was that the year before Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma were they the same year? Uh, that's a good question. That's a Matt question. I feel like it's so the, the year point before. Is, I feel like he was Baker okay, Mayfield's well, year. Okay. Well, he was the reason why Baker won the Heisman. But the point is, what I'm trying to say is that Dak had little to no time. But but the number the numbers were off in terms of there was a point in the game where the Cowboys went for it on fourth down. When in theory, if they were only down. You know, if they had that extra point on the board, they would only have been down three instead of four, but they had to go for a touchdown because they were down four. You know, there was just like they were they were scrambling because of that one missed field goal. Well, you bring that up point. in the first half. They had to be more aggressive, right? Because they didn't trust until Maher made those those field goals in absolute crush time in the second half. They didn't think they could trust him. And he missed that one right. kick and it would have gone wide left if it hadn't gotten blocked. But they like they really waited until the last possible minute to turn to this guy that they decided to keep around. They decided to stick with their guns and all of that. And that, you know, they went they were aggressive and it worked out. They played a very good first half and played 
honestly the kind of game I think they wanted to of just keep it low scoring, make Purdy have to, you know, maybe try to make some plays, have our defense come out, and the defense was schemed well. Yeah, see, I think I think a low scoring game helped the 49ers. It certainly does. I think I think I think they had the, that was they played well and with the exception of with the exception of like you said the two red zone turnovers in the in the first half, you know, with the exception of those two red zone turnovers, there's that's a completely different game. That's a shootout, and there's no way that Purdy is winning a shootout. There's no way this 49ers team. I agree. They the only way that this 49ers team goes anywhere further is if they continue to play games like they did, where it's close enough, their defense is good enough to make plays in the second half, and Purdy has done enough to to get you know x amount of points on the board to to lead just let the defense do their thing right yeah because then teams get desperate desperate they get behind they have to start you know throwing the ball which plays right into the the 49ers hands so uh you know we can talk about the 49ers certainly but i think the cowboys lost that game more than the 49ers won it you could argue that the the 49ers causing turnovers in the red zone is why they won it but um you know i think there is something to be said about Self self inflicted wounds and the dumbest play call in the, in the history of the end of the, at the end of NFL games, and it's fantastic. But yeah, right, the rest so tell, of the weekend. Tell me, tell me why the 49ers won that game. Then no, I'm that, I'm agreeing with you. That was a self inflicted wound. I mean, Greg, it comes down to the fact that the Cowboys tweeted out the Dak Prescott turned it over twice, or how many times, how many term of turnovers he ended up with. I think I think it was just the two picks. That should have been more. Purdy should have had more, too. This should have been a more defensive game, to your point, which also plays in the 49ers' hands because it it enabled them to continue establishing the run. And I think with Dallas's like Dallas playing it to they were trying to shut down Purdy. Like I think they were, the 49ers were trying to make a statement with Purdy early that he can do this, and the Cowboys did a good job with that. And then they went back to the run, the 49ers did, and showed that three-headed monster and how good that can be. Why the – I agree, it's self-inflicted wounds. But the 49ers also, what they did was they shifted back to that run, the three-headed monster of no matter who's in the backfield, whether it's McCaffrey, whether it's Elijah Mitchell, or it's Debo, you know, they have those different options of seeing, you know, well, if we're going to put Debo back here, you think that Christian McCaffrey is just this, you know, false flag, but he's not. He can still be that, you know, Y runner, that Julian Edelman type that runs those little dip routes and gets a little, you know, gets a quick toss and then makes guys miss. So, you know, they kind of let, the, you know, I think they played a little chess of thinking of the Cowboys' first move and reacting to it and did a good job with that. But I totally agree with you. The Cowboys, and that's why it's so great, had a lot of self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. Um, now, I know you don't like to spend too much time on the analysis of, of the games before, but give me a quick little rundown. It was the it was the worst game of the weekend. A little rundown as to, I mean, we knew it, but a little rundown as to why the Giants were so outmatched. Yeah, I mean, a couple things. Um, I think Jalen Hurts showed that he was fully back. You know, the start of the game, he was staying mainly in the pocket, but then as the game evolved and he and it opened up, he was able to use his legs, and I think he just felt more comfortable at a at almost the, having the full playbook to him. Defensively, I think the Eagles knew what, exactly what they had to do to try to slow down Saquon enough and not force Daniel Jones to use his legs a ton. They did that. They did a great job of that. And, you know, some Giants receivers had decent games, but the Eagles really pounced and they were opportunistic and really took care of, a, of you know, took care of the ball and, you know, took care of the game. 
yeah, I mean, incredible. I, I, I think this is probably the least watched game of the weekend. Yeah, um, that. I mean, I would probably root that. I think maybe the <laughs> the Mahomes. No, I mean uh, to, to your point though, uh, of like the games only got better as the weekend went went on, right? Like, yeah. I think the NFL inadvertently did this what they thought were going to be fourth best, third best, second best, best in terms of games, or you could probably flip the two Sunday games, but yeah, you know, this game, they threw it on Saturday cause it's New York versus Philly. So to your point or against your point, it's two of the bigger markets in the, in the NFL rivals, blah, blah, blah. But like to the casual the fan, Eagles, the Eagles, the timeout, Philadelphia, the Eagles and the giants are not the two biggest the Giants, New York's the biggest market in, in the country. Yeah, but not the Giants. The, the Jets it. are a bigger market. Stop it! Neither one of them is a big market. You're talking about America's team. You're talking about the Steel Curtain. You're talking about the Evil Empire. You're talking about, you know, who took down the Evil Empire twice? No one. New York. New York. No one. No one. It's all no the one. Yankee not fans one. that you hate. All of them. They sh- They just changed the the hue of blue. To Giants, whatever the hell that blue is, throw a little red on there. And then, you know, oh, it's Eli. Oh, it's Daniel Jones. You know, maybe they're wearing some Ducats because Daniel Jones is their quarterback because they're Yankee fans. And, you know, now they're throwing their Lakers shit on. Um, You know, they probably were upset the Cowboys lost too. But, um, yeah, to your your point, though, if it was, I, I think inadvertently the NFL did this in terms of the two, they saved the two better games for Sunday. Yeah. Um, so do we go with the Kansas City and Jacksonville next? Yeah, I mean, that, that basically boils down to Mahomes got hurt for a little bit. And Henny did a hell of a job with the 98-yard drive and milking a ton of the clock. And I think the, the Jaguars, I think they just weren't that opportunistic in this. They had a real opportunity to try to make a dent to then hold off Mahomes. And they still only lost by seven points, but like... I don't think at say, any point of that game did you ever think that they were going to pull off what they did a week prior, right? Uh, that's not true. I disagree. I was still texting you all week, and I texted you on multiple different platforms. Trevor Lawrence, before that game, had never lost on a Saturday. Yeah, you were a little upset we didn't mention that. He was. I was. He was undefeated in high school. Uh, only had two losses How many in Saturday college. games was he playing in high school? No, that's the point. He that was the point. He only had two losses in college, and both of them were in the national championship game, which, as we know, is always a Monday night. Correct. And since been since he's been in the NFL, it is every time that his team has been on a Saturday, he's won. They've won. So, yeah, all one or all two times before this past Saturday. First of all, first of all, they play on Saturdays all the time, especially because. They've been the European team. I think what Jacksonville That's on a Sunday. Did, listen, I think what Jacksonville They're did... They're ahead of for, us. I think what Jacksonville did for having, what, their second year or third year of Trevor Lawrence? You know, second year. Having turned it around that quickly, making it to the second round of the playoffs, playing against arguably the, the, the team of the last five years, right? You could argue the Chiefs have been the top, if not... I mean, five straight AFC second... championship games, so. Yeah, well, tough, we're, tough we're, to getting do. We're, we're getting in McNabb Eagle, Eagle territory with that. That record, was four in but, a row. Um, so the point is that, you know, they 
the Jaguars held their own on the road, and like you said, there was a couple of chances where if they had just completed a drive or completed this or that, you know, if, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but they were right there in that game and, you know, that last sort of drive that that last pick Lawrence had, but I thought he played great, and I thought, uh, you know, the future is bright again for that team, but it certainly I'm, sure is. Trade everyone, I'm sure they'll trade everyone away like they did the last time they had a, an AFC championship appearance. <laughs> Uh, um, I think to, to your point, they, they did a good job, but they needed to be perfect. They needed to play mm-hmm. a perfect game to match Kansas city and what they were bringing. That's where I was coming from throughout that game. And it never mm-hmm. felt like they were stepping up a level. Like they stepped up multiple levels against the chargers a week prior, also on a Saturday, to your point. But I, I just don't think they played that perfect game. I hope you took I hope you took the Jaguars and and won some money for the spread there, but no, uh, I uh, well I didn't I you didn't listen to me. Don't All do right, well in the NFL, um, so in the playoffs I especially just stay away until the Super Bowl. I throw a lot of money on prop bets, but um, I was also not in Pennsylvania, anyway. so I couldn't bet. Let's move on to the Bengals Bills. This one, Greg, I feel like it's simple enough to say. The Bengals came into this, and uh, I think they wanted to, to prove a statement, and and they certainly did that. They bullied the Bills in this game. I, I, I Joe Burrow is out of this world. The man. I'm I mean, so mad that Matt went against his hatred of the Cincinnati Bengals and took them. So I took the Bills, as, you know, to have some, you know, some diversity in our opinions because we get criticized a lot for thinking alike. God damn it, I love Joe Burrow. I wonder who criticizes you. Um I I uh I I just like with a depleted offensive line, with having taken the most amount of hits in the three years he's been in the league, granted one of those years he had a torn ACL, but having taken the most amount of hits in that amount of time, you know, this kid, Mr. Ohio, is just doing it time and time again. You know? Call it a slow start, call it whatever. Granted, yeah, he's got Jamar Chase, but you know, he's got a two unbelievable running backs, or one at least, and, and a really good backup. You know, And that defense is doing their job, good enough to do their thing, and now he's going to have another shootout with Mahomes in Kansas City, just like last year. They've beaten Kansas City, what, three times in a row three now? Times. So He's 3-0. and Joe Burrow is 3-0 and against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be – it's going to be – I mean – you know, someone's got to give, right? It's gonna be it's gonna be one of those uh, games next week. But uh, to say I was shocked, I mean, I'm not shocked by Burrow, but I'm shocked that the Bills didn't win that game. But then you think about it, and the Bills are a team that likes to get up early and likes to step on people's throats. Their defense is not designed to to play from behind, if that makes sense. Sure. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, as much as we like to credit the Bills defense for being still pretty good without Von Miller, they, as the season went on, struggled more and more to stop the run. So to your point, as a team that has Joe Mixon, very good, and Perrine, who is pretty good, you know, and they, they use them the Bengals did really, really well 
and just and they have been doing that all year yeah they've been doing that all year and they were using that to milk the clock and just keep this thing rolling i mean that's what a lot of these teams that are you know in in the final four have been doing i mean even the chiefs you know we didn't really talk about it a ton because we were debating on the how well jacksonville played but like they use Pacheco and they've been using him throughout the season as that, you know, way to, you know, I'm trying to think of like a floodgate type of thing, but like to keep the faucet rolling, to keep the clock moving. And the Bengals, you know, exemplify that in this game of how well they can do that when they have a lead and they can then fall back on Hayden Hurst. They can fall back, obviously, on Jamar Chase, on T. Higgins, you know, and they just, they have different ways to skin the cat and they used all of them in this game. And, you know, their defense, you, you, I think were underselling it of saying that they, you know, they did enough. They did a really great job. And to go back to the Mr. Ohio point, they got a Cincinnati kid on that side too, with Hubbard. I mean, they, they're just led by Ohioans, the, the Southwestern Ohioans, Ohio Knights, however the hell you pronounce it. I don't know. They're just the state, the state to the West of us, but um, yeah, they're, they're, you know, coming into this game, the AFC Championship, which we'll talk about in a little bit, they got to feel great. And, you know, anything that we've criticized them with their offensive line, they're playing through it. I mean, they are the epitome of next man up. Well, it's just like, it's just interesting because, you know, you talk about this Bills, like, we're, I mean, going to Cincinnati, but you talk about this Bills defense, they are designed to beat a pass heavy team you know they're designed to beat the chiefs like that's what everyone in the afc really has had to build their defense around right or their team around and the bills love to play with you know three to four down linemen and then a bunch of of speed guys in the back end to you know let their let their d-line do their thing and go after the pass rush right and you know then play that little man zone they like to do and when you're down or when you have a team that can run the ball, like you said, it just doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's how the Patriots almost beat them last year when they threw the ball literally two times the entire game and they beat them on the road. So, you know, it's, it's just well, amazing there was that snow that affected the, the specific game you're talking about. No, there was no snow. It was the, it was the, uh, it was the, it was when they had Brian Hoyer, <laughs> their starting quarterback. The, yeah, uh, the snow game, the regular the regular season game in Buffalo, not the playoff yeah, game yeah, where yeah. they smacked the uh, Patriots. Whoa, well, let's not get carried away. But yeah, no. Um, and then, like you said, yeah, Cincinnati, you know, the, it almost feels like a team of destiny. Like last year, you know, almost like that Seahawks or reverse Seahawks, I guess, you know, make it, the, make it the Super Bowl and then go back the second year and, and really, you know, that's sort of their, their makeup. That's their time. Uh, I was going to say, know, think, this – isn't quite 2014 San Antonio Spurs of revenge tour. You know, obviously the Ray Allen shot the year before, and then they ran through the entire NBA. But this is close to that. I don't want to give, you know, the 2009 Penguins a run for their money, but it's close to that kind of a thing of they have all this adversity and they're trying to figure it out. And, you know, but it's kind of in that same vein, right? Like they have all these different notches against them, all these different knocks, and they're, you know, they're surpassing all of those. Yeah, for sure. And and like you said, they've had a, they've had a, a interesting season, but they did enough. And to be fair, you know, they ended, they ended the season super strong and they had a chance to get the number one seed, you know, this, this, and this had to happen or whatever. But the point is that, uh, you know, this is, this is, 
going to be an interesting game against the Chiefs next weekend. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. So do you want to get into predictions? Or, 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 yeah, let's, let's dive into championship what, weekend. But Greg, before we dive into the games themselves, a couple weeks ago, I said this is my favorite weekend of the year, championship weekend. You know, again, for those that did not hear that, the reasoning for it, Super Bowl is obviously great. Um, I think Super Wild Card Weekend is my second favorite just because of all the football, six different games. Although I can, I know the ratings were really good this year, but it was the Cowboys and Tom Brady. I could do without the Monday night game. I'd like three games in a day, Saturday, Sunday. That that was fun a couple years ago. Um, but I think this is my favorite weekend. You, know, you get Saturday to do do your thing, do whatever you want to do. And then you know, you're just prepared for, you know, it's real, you know, it's really seven hours of football. They say six, but it's really seven. And, you know, you get some entertainment. And when, you know, people are celebrating, you know, whichever whichever conference goes first. I almost said whichever league goes first. But whichever conference goes first, get some celebrating. And then, then get another whole game. Um, obviously, the Super Bowl's fun. But there's usually a party. There's a whole rigmarole to it. But, Greg, I, I, do you like this weekend? Or what is your favorite weekend of the playoffs? Of the playoffs? Jeez. Um... I don't know that I love the the championship weekend just because it's, you know, I, sure it's the, it's in theory the two best teams, but I think the first weekend has to be, you know, you mentioned it, it has to be that one because you get those upsets, you don't, you know, you get those sort of funky games where at this point we're at a point where all four teams are good and all four teams are, you know, could definitely you know win the Super Bowl versus. You know, you get the Jaguars upsetting out of nowhere. Yeah, right? that's why the divisional is, round is last for me. Yeah, last. Oh, I like the upsets, but no, no, no. The wild you. card weekend with the upsets. Oh, is great. you're saying you're, but then the next sorry, week, you're saying the one we just it's had. like the okay, second yeah, round yeah. of the NCAA tournament. You know, you right. got the the fourteen over a three or fifteen over a two, and you know, then they're playing whatever. And I know I, uh, that's why I said fourteen over three first, is because of the uh, you know the St. Peter's of the worlds. But um, yeah, the second I thought round. You were gonna go, I thought you were going to go fifteen over two with the uh, yeah St. Peter's. But then I would bring up no Lehigh Duke, but then I would bring well, up your uh, you know St. Peter's your, did it more your, recently. Your love, your love for Duke, but you know that's that, a tough that, one. That love you... died sixteen years ago. There are children did that you, are driving. Did you did you celebrate? Did you celebrate or did you cry because the Duke? I lost, celebrate. You know I mean, like that. I was a part I mean, like... of the F Lafayette chant in it's not the quad, know. but in uh. You know, I, know at the, man, I, I mean, I was getting texts though from people we went to Berkshire with, being like, d- including from you, of who who you're gonna root for after they after Lehigh Drew, Drew Duke, and I was like, are you kidding me? And I even said to you, and I called it. T.J. McCollum's gonna walk all over Austin Rivers, and he did it. He scored 30 points, and then Lehigh just didn't have a corn fed corn fed white boy that played six minutes a game that Xavier had, and that's why they weren't the first it's team ball. to go to the sweet 15 seed to go to the six, Sweet 16. First of all, take Austin Rivers' name out your mouth. Okay, Second Will Smith. Of all, you know where Will Smith's from? <laughs> West Philadelphia, born and raised. Oh, that was a character he played on TV. No, but seriously. He's um, from there. He's actually joke, from there. On. It's Will it was, Smith. It's a joke. All right. Now, all right. Now well, next time you come to Philadelphia, we're going to drive. Now I've got we're going to drive and see the murals. Up. Now I've gotten you riled up and in your head. I know. I was, uh, I was trying the, to re- remain calm for my non-football rant at the end of the show. This yeah. is what happens. You I mean, mess with me since 2006. You know. If I have to choose, if I have to choose, I'm going to send you the wild card weekend. Um, you know, yeah, that's what I'm going to choose. Right. So, first game, we've pitter pattered around it long enough. Let's get at her. Eagles hosting wow. the San Francisco 49ers. 
Do you not watch Letterkenny? No. Craig. Oh, Craig. We might have, you need to watch Letterkenny and I need you to come report about it on this podcast. <laughs> I've never even heard of it. Anyway. Oh, I'm sending um, Letterkenny memes after this podcast is recorded. Anyway, Eagles hosting the 49ers. Uh, we were texting about this before the drive even happened, the aforementioned Mike McCarthyism drive. Um, you mentioned Hertz versus the 49ers defense as the key matchup. I posed the other side, the three-headed monster of the the two running backs and the positionless receiver. I didn't mention this, by the way, of the Cowboys uh, 49ers game. Watched it on the plane. And as great as Greg Olson's been with Burkhart, they use the word positionless way too much. But Debo Samuel is basically a positionless player. Way too much on the broadcast. We need to we need to cool that down. But anyway, they have the three headed monster. Get, I think they, that's more important. They they need to get someone else to do. You think you think Greg Olson's doing the uh, the two bowl with Burkhold? He is doing it. They already announced. I it. know they need to get so, they need to get someone else besides Olson. You just a Tom Brady guy. You want you want Tom Brady to usurp him when he retires. No, no. Anyway, um, sorry. You, let's let's. I get was into saying it. that the the. 49ers run game against the Eagles defense is a more X factor, more of an X factor than you posing Hertz versus the 49ers defense. No, no, because here's what it is. The Eagles. Sure. They have all those great wide receivers. Sure. But if they don't need to blitz anyone because that D line is just going to get to Hertz quickly the point being that how his hurts going to handle the pressure in terms of letting his receivers get open, using his legs to get to allow them to get open, or and or you know avoiding Bosa coming down hard, you know when he when he goes back to to pass and all that stuff. So the key to me is honestly because the 49ers Eagles offense versus Eagles defense sure is a great good matchup 100%, but if the Eagles are up it's so much easier, right? If the Eagles are winning, sure. it's so much easier for their defense. Uh, and that's why I think the key to this game for the Eagles is to get out early, get up early and, and do it that way. I think uh, if you're the 49ers, do you start Jimmy G if he's healthy? Is I didn't even realize that was an option. I've been thinking <laughs> well, Purdy all week. No, no, it's definitely Purdy. But um, do you think Purdy's really coming in here? Doing the thing without without the defense shutting down hurts is my point. Like no, this God, isn't no. this isn't this isn't Dak. This isn't you know this isn't the Cowboys. This is the banged up Cowboys offense. This is a healthy Eagles offense with a potential MVP candidate. Uh, and and you're talking about a defense that has top to bottom, you know, little to no weaknesses. Right, and yeah. and again, the Eagles the Eagles defense is versus Purdy, yes, but Purdy's only going to be as good as the defense, right? The defense puts them. In, That's why I said the, wide, short the running backs, though. But I'm saying the defense puts them in short field position, right? It allow you know what I mean. They they put them in a short, and they don't have to go as far. The defense sets them up for success. Sure. Yeah, I think taking care of the ball for Jalen Hurts. Right, that's how. That's his, why his one loss. I think the, and the I, commanders. Game. I think I just convinced you. I think I just convinced you. No, I'm. That's I'm, why. I'm. That's why I think it's more important. I think they're the both very offense. important. They're the two. I mean, as as reductive as that is, this game. I, I texted this to you. Is 
which line is which line wins the battle more often and who takes care of the ball. The one Jalen Hurts lost the Commanders game. That's what it was. Was the the line the Eagles line? I would argue won that, but the Eagles didn't take care of the ball. They turned it over a ton, and they did that in that Cowboys game too. And the 49ers defense thrives on mistakes. So Jalen Hurts, he looked really great against the Giants. We talked about that before. But take care of the ball and just get the job done. You know, just keep it moving. And if you have one of those super long drives like you had against the Giants in both, actually, the last two games against the Giants where you had these eight, nine-minute long drives, that's what you need to do. And, you know, obviously the spread's only two and a half points. But, like, this this could come down to a who has the ball last type of game, but you just need to take care of the ball, right? Yeah, I, 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 you're right. And I think the 49ers D is opportunistic. If we learned anything from certainly, I mean, there's a couple of muffins that deck through, but um, you know, I think that D line is just, and the Eagles have a great D line in their own right. You know, I think the Eagles defense Eagles... is going to be able to shut I think the Eagles defense is going to be the, their D line is going to be able to slow down, you know, that um, running game. What how the 49ers get away from that and having a weak offensive line or, or whatever is, like you said, they start McCaffrey in the backfield. He slides up to the slot. Same with Debo. You know, it's very rarely like three step drop handoff. You know sure. what I mean? So they they throw those little screens out wide. They throw those little little quick little the guys running across. Let me dump it to them. It's, it's less, you know, and I think the Eagles D-line is going to be able to handle it and shut it down, especially if the Eagles have a lead, especially if Hertz is able to do his thing yeah. against that offense or that defense. If Hertz is able to control the ball on offense, put up points, there's the 49ers, you know, that's going to take them out of their game. They're going to have to play catch-up. They can't, like you said, they can't do these slow, long, you know, drives. They have to they have to play catch-up, and yeah. they won't be able to do it against the Eagles D. You did just put uh, touch upon something that is concerning of, the shifting and jet sweep type of stuff that they like to do with the McCaffrey, Debo, sometimes Elijah Mitchell, but he's usually just backfield, north-south type of guy. But trying to set off, because they are deep, right, on the the Eagles are on defensive line of edge rushers that are outside linebackers like Hassan Reddick. If they can try to force, you know, whether it's man-to-man or changing coverage and catch them in the middle of that, that's when it opens it up for those screens and we didn't even mention Kittle, that becomes such a different, like over the middle of the, the field, becomes such a different factor if you have guys crossing. And it's what their offense has been able to really do well with Purdy. And that's why Kittle's had such great games offensively in terms of receiving numbers. You know, he's a great blocking tight end at the start of the year with Jimmy G and when Trey Lance was healthy for like the week and a half he was healthy. Um, you know, they didn't need to use him as much, but now with, with Brock Purdy, rookie quarterback's best friend is a tight end. That's what they're able to do. So it's mitigating that and those setups that they're going to try to do, I think on the Eagles defensive side of things. Yeah. I mean, we could go all day back and forth, but if, what are you more confident in right now? The offense against the defense or the defense against the offense, the Eagles defense or the Eagles offense? What are you more confident in going into this game? Mm. Gun to my head, I'm more confident about the defense. I mean, there you go. That's all you need to know. That yeah. you're just. I mean, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, and Devontae Smith have played so well. But it does, I think, though, to your point, it will become if it becomes quick passes. Do we need a huge game out of Dallas Goddard in order to to find success and open it up 
for those Devontae Smith deep, A.J. Brown in coverage type of throws. Well, it's going to be that screenplay they love to throw to Devontae out wide. Sure, that too. They're going to, they're going to be that. It's going to be the checkdowns to the running backs. It's going to be, you know, it's it's going to be, hey, Jason Kelsey, let's let's shove it down their throats with with you and, and run it up the middle and eliminate Bosa coming around the edge altogether. You know what I mean? So He's so good at seal blocks. It's so much that's fun what I'm to saying. watch. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's going to be Lane, interesting. Johnson. Lane Johnson against Nick Bosa is going to be a fun matchup to watch. It's going to be an interesting, like that is to me is the, is the, is the matchup. Because great. I mean, that, that to me is a matchup. It's just a matter of like, because we, again, we said this, if the, if the Eagles are losing, the 49ers offense, they're going to have a nice, nice, long, slow drive. They're going to be able to do what they want and pose yeah, their nice, will. Nice Sunday drive, pun fully intended. Exactly. But if the Eagles are winning or if it's a close game and there's some, you know, the 49ers have to pass a little more, they have to be a little more aggressive, plays right into the Eagles' hands. But that all comes down to how Dak and the offense is able to to handle the defense. Yeah. All right. So I want your prediction. I don't pick on Philly games, even though last week I obviously had to make a pick over the Giants. But this week, not making the pick, going back to you know what's worked. What is your thought on this game? Who are you going with? So I'm solely doing this because of ESPN put up a graphic of two teams, one from the AFC and one from the NFC, and so I'm picking against ESPN. <laughs> and I'm not going to say I'm not going to say the AFC team until we do it later. But I'm taking the Eagles. Hey, my man. And and I think it comes down to me. I don't. Purdy throwing a hundred yards and throwing the ball ten times, or you know, you know, fifteen times, whatever it is. That's not going to work against the Eagles. And I think the Eagles are too jacked up. I think they come out and score their first drive. And I think their defense does enough to stop, and then the, then the 49ers are playing catch up the whole rest of the game. And I, I like think it. at the end of the day, the Eagles are able to. The Eagles want it to be a shootout, and that's what the Eagles are trying to go for. Uh, if it's a close game like the Cowboys just played against the 49ers, you know, then we're talking a different story. But the Cowboys are not the Eagles, and the Cowboys had a, three legit chances to beat the 49ers. And they coughed it up, and I don't think the Eagles make the same mistakes the Cowboys do. God, I hope not, Greg. I um now it's a good time as ever to point out I'm drinking this Philly Twist pretzel flavored beer from a a Philadelphia based brewery. It's the beer that I had. I talked about on this very podcast in uh, back in June that I used to exercise the the Phillies bullpen. I was going to use it to exercise you messing with me and picking the 49ers, but you didn't. So now I don't need to exercise you. You're welcome. Uh, moving over to the AFC, Jordy. This is going to be a fun Mahomes, game. Clean. It's a game I might not enter. It's a game I'm going to either watch in Jubilee or in absolute depression. But it's going to be a fun game. Again, Patrick Mahomes, quote-unquote, fully healthy. Uh, true or not, that's what he says. Oh, the line was- in this game, if we're talking about the Mahomes injury, the Bengals were two and a half point favorites at one point. Now the Chiefs are a one point favorite. This game might as well be a pick 'em. Again, the the Bengals are three and zero versus the Chiefs. Uh, you know, 
in the last, you know, whatever, Burr, I should say, they, they, they won an arrowhead last year, you know, um, this is not the same chiefs team that has Tyree kill to fall back on that has whatever, but they have the run game that they haven't had ever. They have, you know, that sort of little grit that they never had, you know, they were rely on the big play and they don't need to necessarily do that anymore. Uh, so it's a different for It's a different chiefs team than what we're used to. Well, I think it's worth noting too, when they played in the regular season, the chiefs got a what? 17 to 7 or something like that and the Bengals still came back and won like it wasn't as bad as the AFC championship last year but the Bengals know how to play behind against this team and that's such a huge advantage going on the road in the playoffs of knowing no matter what the hell happens we can stay calm and that is so great and Joe Joe Burrow is Joe cool for a reason and that's a huge part of it and I think their defense is peaking at the right time. They've been playing better and better every single game. And, you know, it's hard to say that. Like last week, it's hard to say they played better than the Ravens game because they had a defensive touchdown and a really great defensive touchdown too with the almost over-the-line thing from what's-his-face Huntley and returning at 99 yards from uh, from Hubbard. But they're they're playing great, and they played really well last week like we talked about. But I think they're peaking at the right time. And I think on the other side of the ball, right, Kansas City's defense is really good with Clark, with a bunch of different dudes. And I think that's where this is going to come down to is that offensive line that looked really good last week. And you talked about some of the Bills, you know, strife with rushing the passer. Do they decide to, you know, add in a few more blitz packages to try to silence the Bengals offense early? I mean, talk to me about the Chiefs defense. Talk to me. Are they are they legit or have they just? You know, have they just not played anyone good? I mean, their division's terrible. The Jaguars are terrible. Is this defense legit? So you're going uh, a little after, like, if we're looking at this on Monday, like people were doing with the Giants. Some people thought the Giants had the, you know, 07 and 2011 type of run in them. And then we looked at their last however many wins. And we're like, oh, yeah, they, they beat pretty bad teams. It's not really that good. And, yeah, and the, all that. The so that's what you're thinking about the Chiefs the, right now. The, the Giants have been frauds all year. I mean, the Chiefs, because of how they finish, right, because they're the number one in their division every year, they play the number one seeds in all the other divisions from the year before, right? So they, they do play some hard teams and good teams, I should say, but their division is ass this year. Excuse my harsh language for those who care. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the Steelers are a joke, right? So that division stunk. Baltimore not great this year, um, well, and then good, you turn around. Played. Sorry, but you turn around and you say, "Okay, so this is that." Uh, you know, they the only test they've had so far in the playoffs is the Jaguars, who, I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw four picks and still was in the game at the end. So. You know, that shows you and still moving the ball pretty nicely. So that shows you all you need to know about their defense. Is this defense legit, Jody? That's the question. Are they good enough to to stop Burrow? Like you said, add extra package. Can they stop the run? You know, are they they built to stop the run? This is not the same. Frank Clark's a very good defensive player. Right. So my point is that they can – are they more worried about the run or are they more worried about Burrow? Because – 
to me, I feel like the Bengals only go as good as their run game goes. I mean, they got past the the Ravens, who have a very good defense, who shut down their run game, the Bengals' run game, and Joe Burrow still beat them. Granted, their yeah, defense had a touchdown, so that was a big part of it. I was going to say, but... their defense had a touchdown. They were playing against a, a quarterback who was in the AFL as of, like, a week ago. So, Shout out the Arena League. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the U- whatever the new one is. but um, oh, The one we keep having I mean? to see commercials for every Fox break? Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? It's just, like, to me, I, I, I'm not convinced that this Chiefs team is the Chiefs team of old, and I just don't – I don't know how we got here. You know what I mean? I don't know how, how we made it so that, so that they're still they're still favorites kicking around as, as a one seed. Well, they're, um, they're the home team. That's where the one point comes from, right? It's three points if you're at home. I think it's, it's either two and a half or three. It's like the automatic you're at home. So neutral site, if this was Atlanta where Joe Burrow got everybody refunds, um, you know, the, in theory, the nice. Bengals are favorites, but I think a couple things, right? Kelsey has had a really good year, even though until last week, he, in terms of receiving numbers, hadn't had, you know, great offense, you know, output that way. Um, still a really good blocker, you know, and then the, the double last names, uh, the law firm as the Bengals used to call it with Smith Schuster and Valdez Scantling, um, you know, they're supposed to be that X factor, that over the top guy, the Mikkel Hardman of it, if you will, of that extra guy. But they don't have Tyree Kill, to your point. So, like, they have to try to fill in a couple different roles that the Chiefs used to not have to do. So it really does become, you know, in the secondary for the for the Bengals, and this is where we need Matty D. And he's supposed to text me. He's off trying to teach his son how to ski, and his son can bear it. Son can pull himself up. Love Jr. But, um, you know, the, the the Bengals secondary, we'll see what they can do, right? Like, they did a decent job shutting down Diggs and seeing what they can do with that. But this is – I feel like you and I are leaning the same way towards this game, so I'm really trying to help the Chiefs' cause here. But it really becomes a what does Travis Kelsey do to open up the rest of that pass game? Yeah, I mean, let's talk about it. I mean, Mahomes, when he – when he needed something, he would bail out and find Tyreek Hill, right? Tyreek Hill yeah. was fast enough to see, okay, Mahomes is scrambling. Let me hit the plant real quick and run back the other way and get open for him, right? If the only Kelsey's thing I can think away. of is like this Watson guy who had a touchdown last week or like however healthy uh, Tony is, Tony, Tony, however you pronounce his name, the guy they got from the Giants. Like, that's, like, the only other thing. Like, he used to, when he had Tyree Kill, he had the option to, like, find these random dudes. And it made every non-Kansas City receiver, except for Hill and Kelsey, a fantasy X factor. Not that anybody cares about fantasy, but, like, in terms of thinking of, like, outlets for him, to your point. And now, like, where really? And this is a guy who had 5,000 yards this year. So he got the job done with, and I'm looking at their stats right now. The list of their receivers is just so long with random dudes that caught a pass this year. But now when push comes to shove, do you fall back on what's comfortable? Or do you try to involve these, for lack of better phrasing, random dudes? 
Oh, I mean, I I feel like yeah, you, you have to you have to go with the secondary guys. You have to you have to imagine that the Bengals are going to take away the f- the first option in Kelsey and and you know right. whoever. And like, then look at what the Giants did against the Vikings. And the Vikings, they were absolute frauds. You could tell that from the moment that they got boat raced by the Eagles. They barely beat the Bills because Josh Allen hurt his hand. They lost to a bunch of teams they shouldn't have lost to. But the Giants, the Vikings still had Justin Jefferson. The Giants came in and had a smart game plan to it. If you don't think that the Bengals are going to come in with that, their defensive coordinator, his name's escaping me, is really smart. He did that last year. And granted, like Eli Apple trying to dance on the, the Bills' graves and all that, like he still might get smoked. But like if they come in with a smart shell defense that limits yards after catch, that could really just be the difference maker here. And they could start to get after and try to bully. Like, granted, Mahomes is an escape artist when it comes to sacks. But it's, you know, if you're not trying to really establish it, like, then it, then it falls on Pacheco and they want to involve some of the other guys in their run in their run stable that Andy Reid had been doing for years, right? Like, they'd never, you could never have a Kansas City receiver in, or a Kansas City running back in fantasy. The only reason why I'm leaning on all of this is because They've used committees outside of Hill and Kelsey for so long in the Mahomes era. But now that we're kind of stripping it down to its to the parts of it, and it's weird just sounding so doubtful of Mahomes at home in the AFC Championship game. But it's just, it doesn't, like something feels off there. Yeah, and, and I think... To sort of counter that a little bit. I think Mahomes is the key, and I think Mahomes is the reason they're here, and Mahomes is the reason why they will forever have a chance. And I think that despite everything, Mahomes is still like the cream, right? He's still yeah. he's he the is best. the best player in the NFL. I don't know if he's oh, necessarily the best quarterback. Better... The the best quarterback in the NFL for sure, and 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 the the biggest difference maker for, for any team right now. And, you know, it's so hard to pick against that. This to me is the bigger question mark of a game. Uh, it is. The bigger, bigger question is. mark of the game. And, and I, you know, the, the cool sexy pick is Joe Burrow just because he's done it for so he's done it. Da, 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 da. But like, if you look at it, the chiefs in theory are a better team. Yes. I would agree with that. That being so said, give me your, Give me your pick. I'm going with the Bengals. Who day, baby? I love it. Who day? Um, what's your biggest reason? I just think that if the Chiefs try to shut down the Chase Burrow connection, which a lot of teams have tried to do and have done unsuccessfully, including the Chiefs earlier this year, but Higgins has been really great. Hayden Hurst has really, in the last couple weeks, come out as this offensive catching production machine. And then if it's not working with Mixon, it might work with Perrine. And, you know, maybe you just keep, tr- you know, you keep pushing different buttons and pulling different levers until sure another Ryan. one opens. You and, you, P. Yeah, Ryan, you thank you. I, last time. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's P. Ryan. Yeah, P. You're not listening for me to pronounce names right. This is Gordy Connell here. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure you and Matty said it all last week. No, he I, said it was... right, and I, I screwed it up. Yeah. Well, the point anyway. Matt sorry, doesn't screw up. Go ahead. Except for except for the oh, state north of Illinois, Wisconsin. That's not true. That's not true. He doesn't. He does screw up. Yeah, he's the he, fake yeah, Wisconsin, home of the Bagers. 
Nice. Well played. He's also he's, he's not also listening. Like a Penn, he, he won't be he's, upset. He's, he's also a Penn State fan. Like, what a joke that is. No, his brothers are a Penn State fan. He's a Michigan fan like me. He's a, he's a true Michigan man. I, I mean, he... I've seen him root for Penn State multiple times. Anyway, sorry, keep going. No, 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 I'm, I'm done. Are you going with Mahomes or are you taking the sexy pick? So go... So... Nice, well played. Uh, everything in me wants to go with Mahomes. But again, I'm going to go back to this ESPN graphic. And they put out... What a great matchup the Chiefs and 49ers would be in the Super Bowl. What, a rematch? Yeah. And we saw what Jumbo Joe Burrow did. I like that. Joe Cool. Joe, Mr. Ohio. Jumbo Joe Burrow If, he, if Joe last... Burrow wins, are you counting this for Joe Thornton? Uh, 100%. <laughs> we saw what he did. We saw what he did last week when everyone was like, oh, we can't wait for Mahomes and 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 Allen in Atlanta. We can't wait for it. We yeah. saw what happened then. He got him refunds. And guess what? Guess what? They did it again. ESPN did it again. The fools. Right. The absolute fools. And guess what? You're taking the you're taking the Bengals. Joey Burrow is gonna do it again. I love it. Alright. So to wrap up the show, I gave you the, the teaser when we were texting before this. You mentioned ESPN. Tonight the Flyers are on the ESPN hockey night game. It's only on ESPN Plus. Really dumb. Now, Greg. Again, I you know I wanted to exercise you because you've been messing with me since 2006, and I hate admitting when you're right. But man, were you right wow. about ESPN? And we only have two minutes, so we can extend to uh, let you respond to this. But I'll give my rant. Why the hell are the Flyers on ESPN Plus only? You know, it makes sense for our buddy Jake who lives in Toronto. You know, they get TSN, so maybe they get ESPN Plus. It makes sense. For one of my friends who lives in Atlanta, Flyers fan. For Matty D teaching his son to ski in, in Utah. You know, they're Flyers fans. Flyers stink. We knew the Flyers were going to stink this year. And now everybody's all excited because in the show in the graphic, they're whatever in their last however many games. Even though it's really 500, they're trying to act like it's a really good points percentage because it's points percentage, not winning percentage, which is also dumb. The ESPN Plus games are so stupid, Greg. I don't know why they're doing it. And instead of having it simulcast on ESPN plus so that the Maddie D's of the world can watch it from Utah. We on NBC sports, Philly have reruns of drive time radio and all this crap. And it's just so dumb. ESPN. You're just the worst. I mean, I'm so glad that you're joining my side. Finally, uh, ESPN lies. They're liars. They never corrected all the, the lies that they threw out there about uh, the Patriots, they still haven't. We're, we're all still waiting for an apology. ESPN lies. Uh, I said it from the jump that ESPN getting the NHL would be the worst thing. And I was proven right. You were. Are the Eagles blacked out because they didn't sell enough tickets, just like how the Jaguars used to have all their home games blacked out in, in Jacksonville because they had never sold enough tickets? Is that what's happening here? So... We're not talking about the Eagles. We're talking about the Flyers. Eagles, we can dive into whether or not the link will be sold out, which, spoiler alert, it is. 
Debo Samuel spoiler Sorry. it is. Did I say did I say the wrong thing? All I was trying to say is is the reason why the Flyers game not on TV is because uh, they're not sold out like again like they used to do with the Jaguars back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's in Minnesota for one. Ah, uh, okay. But it is sold out as ESPN loved to point out on their broadcast when there were three fights in sixteen seconds. Like a 90s NHL game, which was insane awesome. to see, including Revo just belting a couple dudes or one guy. But, uh, yeah, three fights in, in 16 seconds. I mean, Flyers Senators eat your hearts out, I guess. Although that my mom was at that game. Legendary. But, um, no, I think it's just they call it hockey night. Right. So it's not as dumb as ESPN or uh, NBC Sports. Wednesday night rivalry night where it'd be like the Flyers playing the Arizona Coyotes, a team that was founded in the 60s versus a team founded in the 90s. They're like, oh, these two teams hate each other, even though they play twice a year and all that crap. And then they realize their mistake. But to that point of how dumb it is, if you're going to have to try to boost ESPN plus and people streaming on it and all this stuff, you know what else was on in the NHL tonight? And probably draws a pretty big audience to the casual person that sees, oh, two faces, two big names. You know who we're playing tonight, Greg? Uh, yeah, the Lightning and uh, Bruins. Yeah, that's a good one. That probably <laughs> should have been on there. Uh, yeah, two of the best teams. A team that went to the Stanley Cup Final three times in a row. The best team in the NHL. Also, probably the two two biggest names in the last 20 years. Crosby versus Ovechkin. I don't know. Why are the Flyers on there? We knew they stink. That like the the Penguins like you have two teams at the top of the East. You have two teams battling for wild card spot, including a guy going after Gretzky's record. I get it, Gretzky's on TNT and all this crap, so you you don't want you maybe you don't want to talk about Wayne Gretzky, which is stupid. But I don't know. It's just very dumb. And now when I you know I tried to go on to NBC Sports and they have the stupid, which also the four o'clock show on one of the 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 uh, sports talk radio stations here. It's called the best show ever question mark. Shut up. That's so stupid. Oh, I told you I was saving I the, guarantee the, pe- the pissed off yeah. stuff for the end. I love it. I guarantee that I guarantee that they have some deal just like with the NFL that every team gets at least one primetime quote unquote primetime. They've game. had them before and though. These stupid, like, there's so many Flyers games, and I get it. Even when the Flyers stunk in the NBC era, like, three of the four Penguins games were nationally televised because of the Battle of Pennsylvania. But, like, the Flyers are going to miss the playoffs for the third straight year in a row. I don't care that they're six or seven points out of a playoff spot. They're not making the playoffs. They're really bad. They don't know how to tank right. They're not a team you should be advertising as, hey, casual sports fan, come watch this team that's kicked the can down the road for the last 10 years. And this is, you know, something to save for Mark. But, uh, yeah, you know, Minnesota, great hockey team, or at least great hockey state. So maybe they're getting numbers there. But we don't need to subject the, the Minnesota fans to the Flyers on this ESPN stuff or non-hockey people. It's just stupid. Yeah, I am. Um, Let the masochists watch locally. ESPN, uh. They stink. They you lie. were right, they though. Tell the truth. ESPN, ESPN dropped the ball on this yeah, coverage. I, I, when are you gonna? When, when are you gonna learn? I mean, I've learned I'm for a while. Right. There's a reason I I despise ESPN fantasy. 
I'm saying that I'm always right. When are you going to learn that? You know what I mean? Like You've been saying what this for, what, 16 and a half years? How long have you known each other? No. No. How old are we? That's how long I've been saying it. No. Um, honestly. I met you in 2006. It's, uh, it's 2023. I know, but I've been, I've been saying I was right forever since I was coming out of the womb. I said I was right. Well, so. I didn't know you that. I guess I'll canvas I your brother for the answers then. I was trying to make a joke. I was trying to make a joke. Um, anyway, the point is, Jordy, um, you know, I, I can't explain how, how happy I am that you finally are seeing the light. Yeah. Um, and, and joining me. And again, ESPN lies. They're liars. So, it's not great. Um, you know. I mean, it was obvious last year how much better the TNT broadcast is. Like, the in-studio crowd is so great. I mean, inside the NBA, like, they just took that and brought in the right hockey people to do it. And I know Takic's oh, yeah, now sure. with, with the Canucks and all that. Um, so whoever they get to replace him. Well, they had they had, they had Lundqvist on the other night, and people are talking about Yandel, too. But Yandel would actually be pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, might need to tone down the, the language a little bit. But, you know, Biz did, so anything's possible. I was say... And I don't know if you saw, but Henrik and and the song? did like a little. Oh, I saw the song. Oh, that was incredible. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Maybe they bring anyway. Charles Barkley in for some guest spots. He's great when he pops in on the TNT. Yeah, they did that a couple times. They did that um, a couple times. He's he's trying to get gambling advice from Biz, and Biz is like, "Dude, I'm terrible at this." <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, long story short, George, are you? Uh, how confident are you Sunday? Not a confident. Confident? Not betting on them. Confident yeah. is, not in, is not in my vernacular for Sunday. Mm-hmm. No way yeah. in hell is that anywhere close think, to uh, a word that I say on Sunday. The Eagles have any chance of winning uh, the big Super game? Bowl? The big game? So we don't get sued by Roger Goodell, another guy that lied. Um, I think they have a good shot at it. Tale as old as time there, bud. Yeah, I'm preaching to the choir there. Um, Tale as old as time. There's a there's another a person NFL... that might sue us. Don't get Mickey Mouse involved. There's a current NFL player who has a podcast on a on a on a site that that everyone knows that has been banned by Roger Goodell, and he's a current NFL player, and he cannot go to the Super Bowl because he is employed or has a contract with said internet company. Is this a podcast that's recorded out of the back of a vehicle? Yes. I did not realize that. Yeah, they were tweeting about it the other day. The t- there are two of them. They couldn't get a media pass. Yeah. And it's like, oh, media pass. Per- that's different. But they're two NFL players. Yeah. And they couldn't. They can't get. They can't get tickets or or, or passes to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that uh, you know, it's just it's not great. It's out of this world. Roger Goodell is a joke. Anyway, um, all right. So you're not confident. So you're you're saying the Eagles are losing? No, I did not say that. But I also, if I came into this thinking, oh, this is a cakewalk. You know, they're coming to the link. Even though Debo uh, Samuel be like, oh, we play in a loud stadium. Give us it, your odds. Give us your odds. One to ten. What do you, What do you think? It's a five. What, what are your Solid odds? Five. All right. Out of a hundred, what are your odds? Fifty. No, no, no. Give me, give me your legit odds. What are we thinking? God, I mean, still fifty. I think this is a real. Like, I literally think it's 
whoever has the ball last might win this game. You're talking about a team that has two losses all year. They have three losses. Two legit losses. Two legit losses all year. Where they were trying to win the game. I mean, they were trying to beat the Saints. I mean, they had their fifth string quarterback in. They weren't trying to win. Come on. I guess so. Um, Greg, we talked about this before when they first clinched the playoff spot. This is not a a scenario that we're used to. Although, people like to point out, the Eagles, most NFC Championship appearances in the new millennium. So, good for the Eagles. As I say, Andy Reid. I mean, that was was another storyline everyone was talking about. Andy Reid against his old team. Andy Reid against his old team. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is more motivation for our guy, Joey B. It really is. Fucking, like... I've also heard, though, Cincinnati's the Philadelphia of the Midwest, so maybe that's a a storyline. I mean, if the Bengals make it back, it's a a simple... I mean, this team made two years in a row. Are you kidding me? Yeah, which is very hard to do. I'm just... I know you're used to it. It's very hard to do. We don't have to listen to Tony Romo. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's old hat for the Patriots. Can we talk about how bad he is? I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. We've... I feel like we weren't as early as uh, from that same internet website, one of their pod, their most popular podcast, how early they were on it. But you and I, Matt, I feel like Matt came around on it, but I feel like Matt was early, also early on it because he and I just were conditioned to hate him. But he's just not good in the booth. Yeah, I just don't get – he started out great. I he don't started know, out he's, awesome. I think, he's, I think he started reading his clippings. I think so too. I think other analysts – started to to realize like oh we can actually you know maybe not necessarily tip off plays like Tony Romo was doing early but like actually talk about setups and use more technical terms like that's one thing Olsen does really well is that he doesn't completely dummy it down but he dummy down dummies down like receiving routes and names of them enough to you know make it to the layman you know to easily digest um, I know that sentence was a lot of pauses and probably a comma splice if it was written out in a closed caption, but, um, you know, but Romo at this point is, is just like a lot of, I don't knows a lot of it's, it's, it's like if you had the, like your drunk buddy sitting there, like trying to describe the game to you. I don't know. Again, he's playing into his, his, uh, I don't know. He's he's reading the clippings. He's playing into his headlines. He's he's reading into everything, and and that's the that's where I think uh, you know the issue is right now. He's I, he's I hope that Nance doesn't get tired of it and pull the Al Michaels and just say I'm done. No, nah, Nance has got too good of a gig because he's he he does the Masters. He's not he's not giving up CBS. Well, he yeah he's not well he's not going to give up CBS, but he could he's giving up the Final Four. So why wouldn't he just give up football? Like call a couple more Super Bowls and be like, eh, you know, I got the Masters. Who did the final? Who did the Final Four? He, this is his last Final Four this year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he just you think he's retiring altogether? Well, I don't think he's retiring altogether, but I think he's. Which, like, also, what an awesome week that is! You get to go to the Final Four, and then you get to go to the Masters. <laughs> like, that's... yeah, that's pretty sick. I think that I think there's going to be a lot of people. Uh... I think there's going to be a lot of people jumping ship to Fox for the World Cup in the U.S. in four years. That's actually a good point. You think Joe Buck's kicking himself that he doesn't get to golf soccer games? How long is their contract for? That's actually a good question. I don't. I don't know. 
I think Fox is kicking themselves. They don't have Joe Buck and, and Aikman and right Aikman, now for the Super Bowl. Burkhardt and Olsen are fine. They're fine. Burkhardt's fine. Olsen is trash. It's better than. Could you imagine Joe Davis on the call of the Super Bowl? Every play is the play of that person's life. We thought we had something with Bryce Harper, the swing of his life, and then there was the Justin, which, granted, the Justin Jefferson catch against the Bills was awesome, but the catch of his life, and we realized, oh, it wasn't us. You know, it's like right. the, the rom-com and, thing where the girl thinks the hunky guy's into her, and then he does the yeah, same play is. with a different girl, like a John Tucker must die type of situation. Nice. Well played. No, and I – in. I mean, now we're just ranting and raving here, and this could probably be cut. But uh, no, this is classic you know, Jordy Gregg podcasting. This the, is what the, the this the, is what the, the true bullpen cart fans come for. They love Matty D's analysis, but you and I just we ramble and we do our crap. Yeah, we have the best. So who's who's the NBC guy? Oh, uh, Tarico. No, no, no. Tarico's great. Syracuse grad. The other guy, the the the, the color guy. Oh, Collinsworth. That guy blows. Collinsworth. Everything. Every time he says something, it's like it's similar to what you're saying. The most extreme thing. Every time he says something, it's like, no, dude, you're just not right. Like that's just not accurate. You know. What and I mean? like the like the icing on that cake is now his son is a part of the Sunday Night Football crew, and it's like the guy. I don't think he played football. I don't know if he did or not. But all of a sudden he popped up, and it's like, well, like, screw this guy. Like his yeah. son, who sounds exactly like him and isn't very good is now, like, making picks and all this stuff, like, hanging out with Tony Dungy and on the field at games. Like, screw that. Yeah. Nepotism. Um, anyway, Jordy. Greg. Quick second here. Lehigh making the tournament for basketball? Um, uh, Let's look at the Patriot League standings, because I feel like Colgate's still really good, and they've been really good for the last couple of years. They're the... Uh, Yep, they're still very good. Lehigh's in second, though. That's fun. But Colgate's say, undefeated. And, and, hey, can yeah, we talk about the fact hand. that uh, Syracuse covered against North Carolina the other night and Lehigh covered against Syracuse? So does that mean that Lehigh is a really good team because good teams win but great, great teams cover? I'm going to say this, that uh, Syracuse has had the – Biggest roller coaster of a season. They were so bad in the beginning of the year, and now they're like, I mean, granted, they keep losing. They just lost the UNC, but they had a weird, like, little win streak there going for a while. There's a chance they backdoor the tournament here. I mean, the this year is such a weird year, right? Like, of UNC is like kind of meh after, and they were kind of meh last year too before the tournament. And like, Duke stinks because you know they they don't have Coach K anymore. They have John Shire, and it's kind of a weird first year. But they still only have, like, what, like, seven losses or something like that? And it's always, like, the 20 and 10 Power 5 teams that make it in. So, like, we're going to see Blue Bloods get in, at least from my, like, cursory, cursory view of college basketball. Like, that, like in college, right, like, we had enough time. Obviously, you went to a Power 5 school. But, like, for me, I'd pay attention to Lehigh and had the time to pay attention to the rest of it. But now, like, as an adult, I have a job and all that. Like, pay attention to the Flyers, pay attention to the Sixers, kind of pay attention to the rest of the NHL. But it's really football time, right? And then, like, in February, the, the power vacuum emerges post-Super Bowl. And I got to, like, I got to ramp up for the tournament. I got to ramp up for the Stanley Cup playoffs and, you know, get ready to be mad about the Sixers because they're always going to lose in the second round. But, um, 
yeah, that, that's just where I am right now with college basketball. It's going to be very interesting to see because, like, every every other week it feels like the number one team loses. Like, Kansas has a three-game losing streak that the people are going nuts about. It, it's kind of crazy. Also, how dumb is Drew Timmy for going back? Right? <laughs> what a dummy. Yeah, I mean, what? did we know that this French guy was going to be this good? Like, he, like, by the time that declaring was a thing? I don't know. I feel like it's it's like Luca all over again, and no one knows. It's like no no one here knows because all we watch is college. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Yeah, there isn't really um, like there are like for hockey, there are guys that are like really plugged into the Euro leagues when the draft comes around. Right. The NBA draft were like and, still in the and, Stone Age. No, but like college, we have like the World Juniors, and we have like you know half. That's these a good kids point. Are, yeah, we have World Juniors at least to like for these Euro guys that we have an idea of yeah. like. Is right. I'm gonna use an existing this, NHL player's name, but like is Artem Anisimov from like that plays in the KHL, and he does not. He's Rasmus, a former Rat, NHL player, but like Rat, Rasmus Dahlin. That's a great. That's a great example too. Or Kirill Kaprizov, who was drafted and yeah. then like finally started playing like five years later. I mean, it's it's Dahlin was that was the year where like he played the World Juniors, he played the Olympics. Similar to Charlie McAvoy. Played the World Juniors, played the Olympics. Like, uh, obviously, McAvoy, we got to see him at BU, but, uh, you know, you just saw Darlene pop up everywhere. Um, Was anyway. McAvoy the Harvard kid? No, McAvoy, BU. Adam Fox is the kid who went to Harvard. Who was the guy that went to Harvard that was on that Bruins playoff team that made the Stanley Cup final and was, like, still going to class? Oh, uh, yeah. That was, uh... oh, boy. He's, this dad's the coach, Donato. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His dad's the Harvard coach still. Um, Donato, he's now on the Kraken, and he's actually having a pretty good year with the Kraken. Yeah, the Kraken with Dave Haxtall being in first place is uh, the stuff of nightmares for Flyers fans. <laughs> Dave uh, Haxtall, anyway. who we thought just did not cut it in the NHL, and we thought their roster stunk, and now they're finally leaning into the Island of Misfits Toys kind of thing. And Maddie Beneers is oh, awesome. Maddie Beneers is awesome. They're getting the goaltending. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. Uh, anyway, Jordy, let's see this real quick. Gun to your head. I hate that analogy. <laughs> Don't think about it. Give me the odds. One to three. It's a random. Actually, sorry, one to four. Those are, that's also four. a random integer to pick. One to four. Confidence level. Are the Eagles winning? One to four. What's high and what's low here? Four's the highest. Um, three. Oh, for those keeping track at home, Jordy predicted the Eagles to win. hey I mean, I'm a homer <laughs> at heart, Greg. I try to be objective on this podcast, but I'm a homer at heart. So essentially we picked the same thing. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, Joey Cool. Man, uh, I'm, I think I'm watching this game in my house in the suburbs, but, man, am I jealous of the people that get to be downtown i was with the phillies oh it'd be so great i mean you're you're, you're talking about nfc championship game people who celebrate that like celebrate when you win the super bowl come on i did both in 2018 oh it was great it's like it's like, that's something that always pisses me off about like what non-boston cities sorry we don't win no, everything no about baseball is they fucking do a champagne shower after they win one round it's like 
or when they clinch a playoff spot. Like, what are we doing here, team? We haven't won the World Series. Yeah, I guess that's like uh, going back to like when it was just the two leagues, right? Like, there's there's a reason it's still the you know National League, American League of like you won your league and now you're going to like the Champions Final kind of thing. And I guess it just kept extending for round by round and making the playoffs and all that. And you know, I guess celebrate the little things. But I see your point. You guys gonna put up a banner like the Colts, uh, NFC Championship participants? No, the Eagles wouldn't do that. The Eagles only do the Eagles only do the furthest they make it. So if they lose on Sunday, they'll have a 2022 NFC East champion, but they won't say, you know, AFC, NFC Championship loser or whatever the hell it would say. Participant, participant. All right, Jordy, great job. Uh, great pod. Like, like, subscribe, share. Hey, you're doing my job for me, but yeah. As Greg said, share the podcast, subscribe to it, the bullpen cart, wherever you get your pods. Greg, thank you as always. Appreciate you stepping in. Hope everybody enjoyed our uh, banter, our general nonsense. A little fantasy reference for you there, Greg. And nice. we will talk to you guys next week, hopefully with the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Maybe uh, talk some other sports. But for Greg Pitelli, I am Jordy Cannell. Have a great weekend and fly, Eagles, fly. Oh, Obvious.